you're listening to Of Sights and Men. A Daily Magician production. Well, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Of Slights and Men. Today, I'm joined by two friends who need no introduction, but I'll give them one. Uh, I'm joined by Stephen Bridges, uh, who is a, uh, he doesn't like to call himself a famous YouTuber, but he is. He's a, he's a big YouTuber. He's up there. I don't know. You know, when I see your views getting as many, your videos getting as many views as Ludwig, I'm like, okay, all right. You're kind of making it. <laughs> uh, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and then, of course, from Danny Goldsmith, who, who many regard as the, the best magician alive. In fact, just a few weeks ago, somebody told me, oh, it's like you're so lucky to work with like the modern day Slidini. And I was like, well, that's, that's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel very lucky to have great friends. And then there's obviously me, Jacob from The Daily Magician. <laughs> don't beat yourself up, man. That's, that's an achievement. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah world's so, largest independent magic newsletter yeah there we go there Boom. we go thanks 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 <laughs> um we're here today to do something a little bit different you're probably going to hear that the audio quality isn't quite that of the podcast because we're all on a zoom call right now um that's because we're going to be jamming on effects basically the, the concept behind this podcast slash video recording for those of you that are watching this on the members side um is that we're all going to bring an effect slash concept to the table we're going to perform it for one another or just explain it for one another. Um, and then we're going to break it down together. You're going to hear us jam. You're going to hear us talk about kind of how we could improve it, what's good about it, uh, all that good stuff. So for those of you that I guess that may have stumbled across this podcast um, and are not magicians, it's going to be very method heavy, <laughs> um, a little bit different to what we usually do. But yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, and yeah, just like, again, just to like kind of repeat this and have like a little precursor. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that we can see. We're going to do our best for the audio version to make sure that people kind of have an idea of, of what's going on. But if you do want the video version of this, it's just going to be uploaded for members. Um, and you can head over to uh, magicmastery.cc or you can just Google Magic Mastery membership um, where you can easily sign up as well. So all of that preamble out of the way, <laughs> uh, I guess who wants to go first? Um, I think you're going first as the host. I think that's your duty. <laughs> I thought I thought that might be the case. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'll just get right into it. So again, like I'll try not to be too um, method heavy in the as long as I like, not get too much away in, in terms of the audio version, but I will have to obviously discuss quite a lot of method. Um, I so when I read one Tamaris um, new Monica, um, he starts out. Um, by talking about basically like he's like here's this effect and you could learn this and only this for the next year <laughs> and like only perform this effect and it would be like one of the most powerful effects in magic um and basically what the effect looks like is you hand out a packet of cards so let's say let's say danny you chose it's, it's, this is really difficult like that just just as a precursor for those watching <laughs> and those listening this is going to be extremely difficult to do over zoom um because i need it involves like classic forces and stuff so it's like you're going to do the smoothest classic force yeah, of your life yeah i'm going to be perfect <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so basically what the effect looks like is you hand out like a packet of cards right um let's say danny took this packet of cards 
Um, he can hold the cards in his hand. Um, and let's just say, uh, like, just for just for imaginary sake, right now what I'm doing is I've taken out a packet of cards and I'm holding up to the camera. Let's just pretend that um, I don't know what they are. <laughs> just, like, you know, let's yeah. just take that into account. And in, in this such circumstance, I wouldn't know what they are. So basically, you, just, you can do this with one spectator or multiple spectators. Um, but you're basically going to have them reach in and just grab out a packet of cards wherever they were. Obviously, just some precursor. You're going to be like, show that the deck is shuffled before, all, all that good stuff that makes the trick fooling. But for now, I'll just get into the mechanics of it. Um, we're going to take out a packet of cards, um, and the spectator is going to be looking at them like so. Okay. Um, so I'll just first go through what the original method looks like, and then I'll talk about my variation and ask you guys what, what you think of it. Um, so basically, in the original version, they're holding their deck of cards, right? Let's say, again, I can't see them. <laughs> I can, but let's say I can't see them. I say, okay, um, just focus on focus on these cards for me, right? Um, You're like a left-handed spread. Yeah. <laughs> Not a very good <laughs> we one. We either. can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> spread them the yeah. other way. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. There we go. <laughs> I thought, is that the method? Have I ruined it? <laughs> no, not at all. It's just me being an idiot. Um, so in this case, you, they, they have the cards like this, right? They're mm -hmm. looking at them and you're just going to go through them and in whatever way you want to do, you can you can name the cards. So I'll, I'll look at the floor in this because I obviously like I've seen them, but just pretend I haven't. Yeah. And I can name that. Okay. I think one of the cards you're looking at, they might be focusing on. It's more of a low card. It's a black card. Uh, it's the two of spades. They eliminate. Yes. Like, oh, wow. You got the two of spades. Then they're gonna, you're going to go through <laughs> and you say, okay, I think you're also holding the eight of hearts, like the, the queen of clubs, right? Queen of hearts. Anyway, this is not very impressive of camera because I'm literally holding the cards up to basically I'm a mirror. <laughs> but um, that's that's what the that's what it looks like. And you can hand yes. out like a set, a bunch of packets, and you can name all the cards that they have. So it's it's a cool looking effect, um, and I have, I found it to be quite impactful. Um, but there's a few issues that I had with it, like. I guess, first of all, like presentation, I've seen Chan Canister present this in a way of like, just like a mental feat, like, oh, like it's actually very hard even to name like 52 cards without repeating one. <laughs> and he's like, but I'm going to hand out all of these packets, right? And I'm going to name all the cards in all the packets. Boom. Um, the way that I like to do it and my variation on this effect um, is, and by the way, I guess just it uses Memdeck. So that should kind of give you an indication of what the method is. It's a very easy method. <laughs> um, but the my variation on this effect is I wanted to do kind of like an any card at any number, but in collaboration with this packet effect. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to have them name a card, right? So let's say in this instance, um, just to keep it easy, they name uh, the Queen of Clubs, right? Um, then you're going to have them reach in and... and pick a packet and kind of my presentation for this effect as far as a pattern goes is like um you know like i'm not actually that good <laughs> so like to give me a better chance of like finding your card would you mind like picking out like five or six cards you know like rather than one because like i said it's just like it's it's quite difficult for me to just like filter down to one card right and and so just to give i'm going to just give some pretext because i'm sure I'm, I'm probably rambling a little bit here you have the deck, you have them pick a card, and then they're gonna go, you're gonna go through the deck and they're gonna pick out a packet of cards. 
that's where we're at so far. <laughs> so they pick out the packet of cards. In this case, um, again, for those that know how stack works, I want them to pick out, if I can classic force it, I want them to pick out the cards that are just before the card that they've named. Gotcha. So basically that you're going to have them pick out five cards, the five cards that are before the queen of clubs in stack. Those are the cards that you want them to pick out. So they're going to pick out this packet of cards and you're going to say, did I get it? Right. <laughs> and they're going to be like, no. And you're like, oh, frick, like, dang it. Okay. Well, I'm like, well, sorry that I didn't get it right. Right. But just to, you know, just for like, just to make this, you know, just to make it better, maybe I can name what cards you're thinking of. And actually, can you just pick one card in particular, maybe like the lowest card in the deck, again, just to make it easy for me. Right. So in this case, if they picked out the five cards before the queen of clubs, then you know, in this case, that the lowest card is going to be the, the two of spades. So that's going to be now the like selected card. Mm -hmm. You're going to eliminate all the cards around that until you're left with the two of spades. That in of itself is pretty powerful that like, oh, I picked out a packet of cards, you know, all the cards I was holding and you knew exactly which card was the lowest in my hand but the cool mm -hmm. thing is because they've picked out the packet of cards just before the queen of clubs mm -hmm. the, the basically the, the finisher for the trick is you you're like at this point you put the deck down right and you say well i'm really sorry that i didn't get it right they've already hopefully been impressed by the packet trick that i explained at the start <laughs> and you say but if you if you just turn over the card like right on the top of the deck it's weird it's been there like hiding in plain sight right they turn over the card and it's their chosen card that they said at the very beginning, the, the Queen of Cups. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> so I guess my question would be, it's clear what the effect is in terms of the, here's a group of cards, I'm going to tell you what they are, right? Yeah. Even if it's not presented that way. But what is the effect where their selection turns up? Is it, it just so happens that you took out a clump of cards and the very spot that you did that, there is the card? Or is yeah. it more like if you had to sum up the actual magical moment that's happening because i think it could be interpreted in in different ways and then that is where it could risk losing a bit of clarity or impact so mm, what is the what is that cut like has that card yeah why why is that card showing up magically has it jumped there has it teleported there has it been they happen to choose cards um yeah yeah i think it's hard because i think with Mendek, you don't really want to call attention to the fact like because I, I can see it like you know there's that certain presentation method of being like oh if you've gone like four cards before or four cards like back right you mm. would have got you would have been here it would have been here but i don't really want to call attention to like the order of the cards necessarily yeah. so like you're saying it's i guess it's i guess it's more of like a hiding hiding in plain sight reveal but like yeah i guess you're like like you're saying i i, I mean i'm, I'm open yeah. to <laughs> i'm open yeah. to <laughs> what is the effect is it just effect of chance of like oh wow what are the chances your card you names right mm -hmm. there or is it not chance is it something that you are actually in control of because one's no control and one's control which is that i can you know yeah what i'm guessing like uh mentally like guess what your cards are it's, it's a psychic phenomena or is it yeah. based off of um feeling out the weight of the deck or you know etc just yeah i think it's almost like serendipitous if that makes any sense like i kind of want the feeling to be like almost like um like accidental like accidental mentalism i guess in a way right where it's like I, almost like stumbling 
Yeah. Yeah. Duplicates of those cards in some way already set aside or something like that, where you have a reveal that's not used you telling it from your your head, but something that's physically already in place somewhere. Um, And you're revealing those, you know, and maybe that's a second deck that has a stack set up where the duplicates, like the duplicate of the Queen of Diamonds, Queen of Hearts, is in that that all the duplicates are actually in a particular order as well. So the kind of inverse of that stack deck. So now you have another deck that, you know, in telling them what they're going to do, maybe you can even say, oh yeah, you're going to do this with your deck. And you kind of move those cards into position and you have the serendipity of they chose cards, but then it's almost like a, it's like a do as I do. Yeah. Um, which is, have- which is the issue because that's like later in my set, I do have a trick like that. Where it's like yeah. that I was explaining to Stephen like just the other day, where it's like a do as I do, and like it ends up that I had the cards like turned face up in another deck the entire time. I feel like with this, I want it. It's like an opener, so I want it to be like fast and punchy. You know what I mean? Like I, I want it to be just like quite, quite like just easy to grasp, I guess. But I guess like you're saying, it, it does seem a little bit convoluted. What is the <laughs> like, trick? Yeah. I have a, I have a suggestion. So I've just been yeah. thinking about this. And this is maybe taking the trick in a bit of a different direction, but I'm using your starting point. So at first I was thinking maybe these things are happening in the wrong order. So at first I was thinking perhaps it should be the um, revelation of the card. And then the kicker is his five, the five cards you're holding. But then I was thinking maybe the trick is simply just, I'm just going to tilt my uh, webcam yes. down. Oh, so everyone can see all the video people can see. So anyway, so imagine you've got the deck cards and, Oh, the, the must-believe test element of this trick, the thing they've got to believe is that the deck is shuffled because it's going to scream men deck um, otherwise. So there's got to be a very... Yeah. Well, to a, procedure. To, to a magician. I don't know if... Yeah, any... but you'll, you'll see... I don't <laughs> yeah. mean for the trick that you just did. I mean for this sort of version that okay, I'm sort okay. of messing with. So so what about, you know, yada, yada, take a card, put it back in, we'll shuffle it up. Do you have any idea where the card is? They're like, no. And I, well, actually, you might have a better idea than you think. And then you, you have them cut the deck and sort of mark the cut or whatever it's going to be, but the ideally being hands off. And then you sort of build it up and you go, you thought, you know, you chose a card at random or you named one. In fact, it might be better actually if they name a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe this. So they named a card and then you um, control it to the top via estimation, right? Hand them the deck yeah. and go, you obviously have no idea where the, where the uh, card is. Give it a deck cut, cut mark cut. it. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you've, cr- you've cross cut the, uh, the card and then you go, okay, you could have gone, you could have cut anywhere, right? You've cut right here. But if you'd cut one card less, you'd have the four of hearts. Or maybe if it was one before, you'd have the two of spades. Like or maybe that. if it was one after, you'd have the six of clubs or the jack of diamonds. But you went for the two of spades, and then you flip it over and it's that card. So you almost, um, it's almost like a pre-kicker. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, the issue I have with it, now I'm sort of going through it and voicing it out loud, is that thematically, it's, it's a different effect to the effect of them finding a car that they thought of. You're, feel, you're feeling it, which you can play into that kind of phenomena. You should root it to reality. And somehow I think that makes something stronger is like when you mm. can feel somebody standing behind you, you know, that sensation, like you almost feel their form kind of there. You know, what if you could do that with a, a card? What if you could feel where mm. you think that card is? Yeah, this card you're thinking of. That's it. Yeah, and then that way you could say like this, like I can feel that that's the four hearts. I could feel that this is, you know, um, but I practice that. If you got it. Yes, that there you go. It's a touch sense thing. That's great. That makes yeah. it so much better, Danny. Um, yeah, okay. So so just to clarify the effect for those at home, and maybe this is just too far away from your original vision. But, oh, no, it's fine. 
Um, that's the point, right? This is like, a, yeah. I'm just bringing a concept and you guys are making it into something better. Like, like I said, I, yeah. I, I like the idea of it, but I don't know quite how to make it. It's a little convoluted. So yeah. that's why I'm bringing it. <laughs> so we're going to do an experiment in touch, right? And touch is an incredibly underappreciated sense because the degree of accuracy you can get with feel is, is incredible. Like you could just put your finger on a surface and you probably know that's card just by one tiny touch, not feeling it, but just one tiny touch, you would know that was card. One tiny touch, you know that was metal. So our ability to, to detect things via our, our touch sense is actually incredibly strong. And we're going to sort of take that to a, a degree that might seem impossible. So um, for this, we're going to use, we're going to use cards uh, and we need a card. It, it actually doesn't matter a card. So could you just name a card or, or, or just say one, you know, it doesn't matter. It is mm -hmm. and they go six of clubs and you go, okay, that's fine. Great. Um, now in your lifetime, you have probably touched the six of clubs, right? When you're playing a card game and you will have a, like a sense memory of that. I know this sounds made up that's because it is, but you'll have a sense memory of that, right? So I want you to imagine that you're just holding the six of clubs. Just imagine that's what you're doing. And hopefully that's going to bring to sort of some kind of memory and just keeping that that sort of image in mind just reach over and cut the deck in you know around about half or wherever you like really great and then just mark where you've where you've cut for the time being so you've just done this little imagination exercise blah blah, blah and you've you've cut right here there it would be now i've obviously done this a lot so just and then you kind of go and you go look like we can touch a card and oh it's queen of diamonds and eight of clubs and mm -hmm. you can go through it as a demonstration or maybe it is no maybe it's they they reveal and that they're correct. And then the kicker is you, you having them hand and then it sort of goes into almost like a color sense routine, a bit like by, um, a bit like the loop geometry. Yeah. There's so many ways you could take it in a way. Maybe this trick is the, um, middler of this routine. Maybe the start is, is, is like a red is, um, like an out of this world type thing when they're feeling red or black and you're upping it to degree of accuracy. So you're like, now think of a card and cut, you've cut the card you, you're naming and then you mm. start naming. Well, that's interesting because I was, I was explaining to you the other day, wasn't I? My like out of this world method, like using man deck. Because obviously, when you know the order of the cards, right, you can yeah. quite, you can actually do an out of this world, but just you know the order of the cards. So you can, at least in the method I use, right, it's like having them all choose, they all choose all black and you choose all red, right? You can mm. actually quite easily, you can quite easily do that with a man deck, right? Because you know exactly where all the red black cards are in the entire deck. So yeah, I guess you could start with like a kind of like minor out of this world demonstration, right? Um, and then level it up to like, I guess we're kind of ending up in one of these tricks. It, it kind of ends up actually more in like a, what's it called? It's like, it's just like a really classic trick where it's like, um, like find the aces, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of ending mm -hmm. up in that place where it's like, you cut all the aces in the deck, right? It's kind of like a variation on that in some way. Yeah. Just like think of any card then you're going to cut to it. I think um, the main takeaways for people listening to sort of summarize the, the kind of ideas behind the idea, oh, that sounded deep, is about when you're mixing two effects, um, how can you make them thematically related, which obviously Danny had a great solution for there. Um, otherwise, it can be a bit messy. And then how do you establish like clarity over what an effect is? So a lot of the time we'll, we'll design something, we'll design a trick and we'll go, and then this happens and that's magical. And everyone gets that it's magical. But unless you know what magical thing is happening, you, you could lose um, some of the impact, I think, in a presentation. So, um, yeah, I would say even the, you know, feeling the six of clubs, um, talking about touch and feeling card versus metal feels a felt a little disjointed to me in that, like, what differentiates any card from the six of clubs, if that's your example? You know, yes. you have to be feeling the, 
feeling the ink to some degree, but they're not doing that because they're picking up from the sides. Hence why I tried to use an example that was a little bit more ambiguous, like when you like kind of feel a form standing behind you, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's not something as so direct as two points touching each other. It's something that's a little, has some space in between it, a little bit of mystery where the, they could kind of fill in the gaps or, mm. or the gap is kind of filled by the mysterious quality of an experience that we have, right? Everyone's yeah. had this experience of a feeling like someone's standing behind you. Yeah. What, what, just one last question. What do, you, what do you guys think of a variation where instead of them picking all the cards before their chosen card, like their chosen card is just lodged in with the other cards, right? So you say, okay, you're going to pick any, you pick any card, right? Name any card. They pick, they pick the queen of clubs and you say, okay, that's a bit hard for me to like, for you to pick out just your one card. So let's try and see if you can get it in a packet of five, right? And then it comes out with that. And then you'd name all the other cards that they're holding except their chosen card at the start of the trick. Do you think it, what sort of presentation do you think would work in that, in that circumstance? Personally, that to me feels like the opening of like the Biddle trick. If, um, right. So that, I, I mean, I wouldn't be against that just as a, I know I've just mentioned the whole point of having it being cohesive, but I wouldn't be against it as it not be, you know, it's like take card, chuck it back in the deck, shuffle, shuffle. And then um, you're going to try and find your card, but obviously you're new at this. So maybe just grab a clump and mm. then they grab like five and you go, wouldn't it be amazing if the card you're thinking of is there and you show it and then they, they, they confirm that's an impressive hit, but you're not looking at the cards and you go actually, and then you could rattle off what the cards were on either side. And then you can go yeah. into the middle trick, which is for those who don't know where, the selected card will vanish from that packet and appear in the deck face up that the spectator is holding. Pretty cool mm -hmm. trick. But, so um, what would be the opposite kicker and what would be a different kicker in this sense of like, if you're not going to make it disappear and appear in the deck, we still have this uh, really cool approach to the start mm -hmm. of the middle trick. It's a different twist, right? Because they're actively choosing those five cards. Um, well, I guess it's, I mean, it's, it is the middle trick up to that point, I guess. You could, no I mean, there could be a different ending. Like you could then use the middle principle to make the card vanish if there's a, a thematic reason for doing so. Um, but yeah, we're essentially in middle territory. Do it just think, feels, it feels like a disservice. Spectators, it becomes like elevated. Like let's say you have three spectators pick a card mm. and then you have them reach in and they all grab a different clump. And then you name all the cards around that card and they're left with their card on three. Oh, that's like cool. A fast presentation. Yeah, that's the kind of interesting about that because, well, firstly, the coincidence element, right? You know, them choosing one card and it being the card they picked is really impressive. Then picking like half the deck is not impressive. Then picking a quarter is a bit more impressive, right? So the, the trick being repeated with a few people grabbing a clump and they each happen to have their card is cool. I'm not sure exactly how the theme would be related, but then telling everybody I mean, all the cards they have left in the hand would be is still a killer trick. Yeah, if they can intuit that, and then they can show you the cards, and you can intuit which one is there. So it's not a mind reading thing; it's more of like a kind of intuitive. Yeah, that's why because I think maybe it works better in like a I guess in in Chan Canister's original presentation, right, where he's just like this is just a really cool like memory feat, or like almost like just like a intuitive. Yeah, like you're saying, it's. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Sweet. I like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would have to be in two because you got to stick with the theme of how are they finding their card. It has to be the same thing 
theme in which you're finding their card right yeah. so it's like how are they grabbing a stack and i guess finding yeah. a card within it is it i memory? guess it, maybe yeah. it is you spread the cards out say get a general idea of where your cards are but now completely forget that here grab a chunk you know it's like a mix between memory and intuition yeah, yeah. Like, i guess you can present it in a way as well like oh just like it's easier for you to like to grab your card out with a clump it's easier for me to have like four other cards around your card to place yours right you're like because it's it's harder for me to just get one out of 52 but when now it's suddenly like five out of 52 i already know that you have like the eight of hearts and if you have the eight of hearts then you must i don't know like that sort of thing could could kind of play into it. i don't know if that's too like explicit on like you knowing the order of the cards you'd have to have like a different presentation because obviously using memorized deck the last thing you want them to imagine is that you know the order of the cards <laughs> um mm. but yeah let's be able to shuffle very thoroughly I, I showed this thing um this was from di vernon um that i thought was kind of neat where you um i showed this in one of the jam sessions in magic mastery so you can just jog up like every other card or chunks actually you can just jog up chunks like this just go through up jog chunk down jog, up jog, down jog, up jog, down jog. So you got two packs that look like they've been started to be shuffled together. Oh yeah, and this is so cool. Push them in so that they're almost all the way in, but not in mm -hmm. entirely. And then you put these in the box where the lid of the box, the flap over there, will, because half the one half of the deck will now be sticking out when you push these in the box, right? that flap will hang over the rest. So you can actually pinch the box like so, you know, it just looks like a deck of cards. You go reach in, grab, show a deck like this. And even though these are, these can be stripped out, right? Now, Diverna would do this thing where he'd get here and he would strip all the way to the corners, riffle sound, and then he push in about a halfway so he never actually strips them out he pretends to strip them out by getting really close tends to shuffle them together by making the riffle sound pushes them in halfway now you can spread them on the table let the spectators see that they're interwoven let them push them in and that would yeah. feel like a ridiculously good shuffle yeah. i guess so you could even then, sorry go ahead you could then go into a memory effect that is a memory intuitive effect because now you can spread all the cards face up show the cards and say now mm. you know i want you to imagine where you or see where your card is get a general feel for it try to memorize its placement you know um or maybe you just look at it so you don't have to the subconscious oh. mind naturally remembers the conscious mind can sometimes access the subconscious mind the conscious mind focuses on individual things it's very good at that subconscious mind picks in everything at once so if we can get your conscious mind to access that moment where you saw the whole deck you should be able to intuit the general area like i can access the full scope of my subconscious mind so based off of the pack of cards that you've you know chosen i believe there's a five but this a that a this you know and then you could go into that and it's based off the yeah. memory effect and it doesn't compromise the um the stack because you did such a fair shuffle in the beginning that felt yeah. like they in the end feels like they shuffle it when they can see all those right. cards and push them together. Because right? Quantum Race does that all the time. But with the Pharaoh, what, yeah. what I was gonna say is you could do it with Pharaoh, because you could start in seventh Pharaoh, um, one yeah. away from normal stack, bring the cards yeah. out, Pharaoh them, get do the exact same Perfect. thing. 
yeah. I love doing that stuff. It's so satisfying. Yeah, yeah perfect. That's even better. I briefly interrupt this podcast to uh, just share a little uh, self-promotion with you, if I could. Um, if you're enjoying what you're listening to right now um, and you think that maybe you'd enjoy more of our content, uh, please head over to the dailymagician.com slash books. There you'll find 24 classic magic books for free and you'll be signed up for our daily emails where you can hear and get more content just like this. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed so far. And uh, like I said, that's the dailymagician.com slash books. Claim 24 classic magic books for free. And you'll also uh, be getting daily contact from us with more incredible content just like this. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. Sweet. Let's, uh, should we move on? I could keep talking about this. I keep having yeah, ideas. Yeah, no, thank you. Should probably, uh... Thank you. Yeah, I guess... I guess I guess just to summarize everyone listening, like where we've got to, <laughs> right? Just to give put a little bow on it. Yeah. We we, we started with I'll start my original base effect was they pick out a packet of cards. I name all the cards that they're holding, and then on the table, they turn over the top card, and it's the a card that they originally actually chose. And now where we've got to <laughs> is a more intuitive base effect, where intuitive base effect where you have multiple spectators picking multiple cards, starting with the deck being shuffled and shown to them and then they pick out their packets of cards and yeah you can reveal well they they pick their card first what they're thinking of <laughs> and you reveal the cards around it and yeah a lot more of a powerful and like like danny was saying a lot more makes a lot more sense <laughs> like where, where the effect starts and where it ends so yeah okay i am happy to not be scrutinized anymore by two amazing magicians so let's move on <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to daddy it looks like you're, you're in performing position i don't know if you're yeah, if you're ready to yeah. go. <laughs> so this is a coin thing and i realized for the viewers i'm just going to narrate this so rather than get like a presentation with a script you know i'm going to kind of narrate what's occurring we'll just get the general sense of the um the moves and what's happening in terms of coins right so i'm holding a, a silver dollar here um and if I were to kind of tap in the air here, just kind of tapping around randomly, I should, ah, uh, there we go, eventually find a spot. So right there, there must be a coin. So you can produce a coin right from that spot. It gives us now two silver dollars. As you see, nothing else in the hands, super fair. And yet if we tap around again, you see, ah, right there. We have a second spot. Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Produce from there. So we have these two, we have this uh, silver dollar. But just as we were tapping and finding the coins, we can also go in reverse. We can actually stir this right into the air there, which would leave us with that coin vanishing into thin air. It's weird to narrate. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, tough one. Just very cleanly, two silver dollars, nothing else in the hands. And one, that third one, I think, was right. Where did I put it? Ah, right there. We got to remember where we put it so that we don't, um, so that we don't lose these, right? But just as before, um, we have that one there. We'll put one. We have free space there. <laughs> we'll hang that one uh, there. So now we have one there, one there. Right. Um, we'll hang the last one. Maybe. Sorry, I think about this. Maybe, yeah, maybe over here. Maybe take this. Right there. 
Perfect. Now you can get these back at any point. Um, you just scoop them out of the air. Like that. You've got one, two, three. Incredible. I just want to very briefly um, describe what happened there because that'll be really tricky because I, I also want to do it through my eyes because it's so good. So essentially, you're doing like a, a hanging coins routine, but he starts off by like tapping with a coin one spot in the air and then eventually finding a spot where when he taps that bit in the air, there's a very audible clink of him hitting a coin, which is ridiculous because there's obviously no coin in the air. And then he reaches over and very cleanly can grab it out and does that multiple times and then does the reverse of, of taking those coins and putting them back and when they're back in the air you can also prod them with a coin and you can hear the clink and it's just this incredible the audio the audio really enhances the trick and it, that's the best version of hanging coins i've seen it's so nice <laughs> um yeah yeah so this was um this was inspired by a magician hong Duan, who's from uh i believe he's from vietnam and he did a performance like this and it was so clean because he's showing a silver dollar and it's being held between the first finger and thumb and you can see that there are no other coins in the hand and he taps it in the air and he made sound and I went wow I would have never thought that was possible now that I'm seeing it I can only think of one method and I brought it to him and I said hey this is what I came up with is this it he says no that's not it he's like what and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, this is what I'm doing. And, uh, and I told him, and he goes, oh, I had a similar thought at one point. Uh, maybe not the exact same method, but similar idea. Um, I just didn't want that, that, uh, that extra coin to be there. That's not that you got to kind of keep hiding in some way. And I, won't, I don't want to reveal too much. We'll save it mm -hmm. for the, the end. And we'll do a little bit of a tutorial because this is just, too good to give away i think yeah <laughs> uh, but uh and for so if you remember you'll you'll get this no worries hang out to the end and check out the video so i thought well does what he's considering an obstacle have to be an obstacle um can i use it can it can it actually benefit me and i'm taking something here that is not a gimmick that is something that all magicians have and adding it into this routine in a way that amplifies the routine, but you never see what it is. You, you never see what this object is. It's an object that all magicians have, and it's a way of using it in this. That's uh, just really fun. It's just a really weird way of, of thinking, and I just really loved it. I loved the clicking. I love how like unbelievably empty the hands look in between. I just fell in love with this, and he was nice enough. I asked him if he would mind me uh, teaching my variations. He's so close to his and he's releasing a project soon. And he was like, no, go for it. You're good. So that was super nice of him. Um, but yeah, I don't know where we can go into this discussion. About yeah, Danny, Danny has completely broken yeah. the spirit of this occasion uh, by showing something absolutely perfect <laughs> that cannot be improved upon. Uh, right? Hey guys, help me make this better. <laughs> just Me meanwhile, there's just me doing like just like holding yeah. cards up to the camera. You can't even see it. Yeah, yeah. Jacob, <laughs> spreading cards left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can talk about presentation because I think there's it's really neat to think about in terms of like why are we hanging coins in the air? Why are they invisible, stirred in the air? Is there a reason for it? And one the reason I thought was like, okay, maybe you you hide 
you're hiding your money like the way a squirrel hides nuts or something you know who knows maybe it's something weird like that i had the idea of like this really eccentric character and i would like scruff up my beard and get my hair all messy and look kind of crazy and be like there's silver in this here air you know just like, <laughs> like, kinda, like a pirate <laughs> There's gold in these hills mm-hmm. kind of mindset, you know? You could almost um, do, like, um, you know how people always, like, they, they'll, like, hoard gold and silver, like, during, like, a during recession or just any time, right? Because they're, like, oh, gold and yeah, silver yeah. never loses value. You could almost have one of those, like, almost like a, not to, I don't know. I don't know. How can you make this, like, stereotypical without being offensive? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, that, that sort of character where it's, like, you know, but I found, like, the best way to, like, keep your money safe. You know, it's, like, mm-hmm. I put it in the air <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you yeah. said like playing yeah. off that character of just like or it's like it's in like a secret vault or you know where it le- never loses value you could um instead of going for uh what i guess i refer to as like a, a cute presentation like a fun presentation like something completely like obviously like whimsical which is nice and i like that angle you can always uh base it off some scientific principle that either does or doesn't really exist <laughs> like you know like atoms in the air and stuff and not trying to like make it look like what you're doing is real science obviously uh-huh. but just um there's got to be something about density of atoms or something oh, yeah. like when you put your hand through it, it feels like there's nothing there but there's always something there right there's no kind of bit in space that's completely empty that's not a thing that exists yeah. there's always something and then talking about that and using that as a, a springboard um, yeah, so I have a hanging coins. It's based off of basically that plot. Um, I have so many hanging coins routines, actually. <laughs> and one of them was called Atomic Orbiting Coins. And it was based off of, because Ki- uh, I first saw Kainoa Harbottle's Pendulum Hanging Coins. Um, and Pendulum Hanging Coins was a huge step forward in uh, coin magic, in my opinion, because he would place a you know you're a fan of coins you place the coin into the left hand take that stack and you would see that left hand completely open you know mm-hmm. coins have now disappeared he would then you know he could split these coins he could show them to you but he'd eventually get to a um a point right to think about this where he was placing the next point in the right hand you know and then showing the right hand completely empty so there's this back and forth vanish in the left hand, vanish in the right hand, and between each phase, there's one less coin. So you keep seeing both hands empty, not at the exact same time, but you're seeing mm. them empty. It just made hanging coins a hundred times better. So it's called pendulum hanging coins because of this back and forth of vanishing in the left, vanishing in the right. But you couldn't do it with four different coins because um, there's shuttle passes involved. And I put, came up my own kind of method around technique and things like that to create a really fun uh, variation. I taught it in my project Silversmith. Um, but the presentation I used was talking about how everything is made up of atoms. And the atom is 99.9999999999999% empty space. That's 12 nines to be exact. And it's, uh, it's a lot of empty space. That if you could compress the electrons and the protons and the neutrons and compress them down really small, you wouldn't be able to see it within space. But in theory, you could keep the same density, you know? Uh, <laughs> and you could say like, oh, it keeps the same density. So if we clack it, you could still hear it, right? And we could, you could do something yeah. like that, which would totally work with this. In this case, I talked about actually when you broke it, when you compressed it like that, you affect its electromagnetic field. 
subnuclear particles would go awry and the Higgs boson particle would start to decay, which would break down its mass. And then because its mass was so significantly less than yours, it would orbit around you. So then you have these invisible coins that orbit around you. And this was like atomic orbiting coins. And then like, so each coin I would mine placing in the air and then kind of watch it orbit around me and do this whole little sequence. And then later I'd pull them out and I, there was one Chinese coin that's involved. That's this magic coin that allows for the science to happen. And, uh, and then each time one of those coins that would pluck out of the air, touch a Chinese coin, it'd pop into view and, um, or, Come existent again. So that was a plot I had around um, hanging coins. There's also, of course, the invisible hooks plot, right? Mm. Which I always like too, because you can click, if the hook is metal, then you could go, oh, where's that hook? You know? And then you could go clack, clack, and you could tap the hook with the coin, mm. go, oh, there's the hook, you know? Mm. Yeah. Because the hook's works. invisible. You shouldn't technically just know where it's at in space. Right. So, yeah. Like, yeah. So you can do this with an invisible, uh, the hanging classic hanging coins invisible yeah. hook presentation i remember when you were doing go ahead, go ahead no i was just gonna say i remember in one of the magic mastery uh jam sessions i remember you showing a different hanging coins routine and you literally had yeah. we could we yeah, could yeah. almost see the 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 hook like swinging back and forth in the air it's very good mindmanship yeah. it made it really like real though like it was great yeah that's it's imagination hanging coins. Yeah, I have like imagination hanging coins, atomic orbiting <laughs> so coins. So many hanging coins. I've got a um oh what was the oh that's not a hanging coins. Oh I have a tardigrade, uh tardigrade dinner is a hanging coin. It's about these little tardigrades that live in you know what tardigrades are, water bears. They're like um uh, are they single cell organisms? They're really small. They can withstand space, extreme heats, they're they're practically immortal um and i talk but they're everywhere they're on everything they exist like everywhere um and i would talk about how the tardigrades eat silver dollars and uh that's their dinner and that was like a weird presentation but it's technically a hanging coins um that's in the membership too actually it's in the advanced techniques course there's a <laughs> advanced uh, science course. knowledge course yeah <laughs> it's in the phd version yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's so many ways you could present such a thing, you know, what makes them disappear, like even the idea of hanging might need to like, get out of the way of like, mm. maybe it's a wormhole, maybe it's a, in, a point into space. But if you're clicking well, I guess. it, right? if you're tapping it, then it has to actually be there, right? It's not gone. It has to be there at that moment. But it could just be passing yeah. through. It could be moving. Like you could, you know. So ha with hanging coins, it's normally like you put that coin back in this space, and it maintains that its location in that space in the air. It doesn't have to be like that, right? Like you'd be trying to like find the thing, a bit like whack a mole. Where's this? Oh, yeah. there, there, quick, quick, quick! Before it's oh, it's gone. You know, you it's can always like lose it, and you're like, oh, I had it. I was like, I think it was going. Was it going this way? And then you go bang, and then you quickly grab, and you like you caught it, as if these coins yeah. are flying around a bit. Um, is there yeah. a way to like integrate that as well with like the fact that they're like silver dollars, like almost like they've been lost in the past and now you're finding them? Do you know what I mean? That's sort mm. of like almost like a time traveling type routine where it's yeah. like uh, you these have been say, here for hundreds of years. Yeah, good. Right. You know, this is this is the same uh, the same earth that people of the past walked upon. A lot of people think of the past as you know the timeline is linear but all mm. things have occurred within right. this one primordial now, past, present, and future happening simultaneously. Future is the imagine is imagination. Past is memory, all of which are happening now. So the past is right here. We just, it's invisible. 
you know, oh, oh you yeah. hear that? There we go. We found one of those old silver dollars. And you can just uh, try these coins just, as well, right? Yeah, we might just took that out of George Washington's pocket, unfortunately. We'll put it back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that might affect the timeline, actually, which yeah. I just said wasn't linear. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I know, cool. I yeah. it. And one last thing I do, I have is like, there's a way to just use it as like um just have it as like something to deploy like at any time like because you don't necessarily have to build a routine around it right is there a way that you could use it as a utility tool to like make it seem like something was in your hand when it wasn't or right. like get you, that clink you when you yeah oh well, danny's yeah, got some great could. work on this oh <laughs> um, yeah you could totally have a i mean I, I do have stuff like this but let's say you you did um more like this kind of thing right and then you yeah. use it as a vanish. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, that'd be good. Um, so, and that could, you could do so many stuff with that because this could be, you get one coin in your hand, right? This this coin we're able to make the sound with when we mm -hmm. tap, tap, do the tap and different. And then you get one in your pocket. And when, as you go to get it in your pocket, you flip your hand over to show it right there on the edge of your pocket. You know, mm -hmm. you go, oh, is that the right one? Yep, yeah, 1887. This is the one I was looking for. And you just drop it back in the pocket, right? As your hand's yeah. coming out, right? You turn your wrist. So you do like a kind of wrist kill at the pocket. You'll hear it. I got one that's from 1880. Oh, there it is. And you're looking at it, right? So you're not fully out of the pocket. So you're making sure it's the right one. You go, oh, that's it. Turn your wrist palm inward as you drop a coin back in the pocket. Mind bringing you forward. Tap it with the other coin. So now you're proof mm. that you still have it. You know, and now you can place this coin down and do some time misdirection. You can allow some space in between. Gosh, it does really sell it. Moves, yeah. yeah, really sell it. As a convincer, it's absolutely incredible. Like, because it, it just, well, I think we, I mean, we've chatted about this once again on the Discord in our sessions. Yeah. Um, but I think we, magicians, we greatly underestimate how powerful audio based convincers are. I know you've got stacks to work on this, Danny, but it's just every time I see you do this stuff, I'm like, what the heck? Voyage. Um, because go by voyage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> voyage is a big one. Almond package, a lot of my stuff has it. But my thing is like when you see a retention vanish, right? The problem with the retention vanish is why are you even placing it in the other hand, right? Um, that becomes an issue because the second you do that and you don't have motivation, they go, why couldn't mm. you just vanish it in the hand it was in? Something must have happened at that moment. But you could get around this if. For example, I'll do the one that I do from um, uh, Modus with the Sharpie. Um, you can get around this. If you do a retention, the last point in which they saw that coin, right, was when the hands were together. You can't show it again because it's not actually there, right? So, but you can still prove that it's there, just not by sight. So you can grab Sharpie, tap, tap, right? You get this click, or maybe you do it with the other coin or whatever it may be. And now you've proven that it's there after the retention and you're, you're set. You can put the Sharpie away and as you do so, ditch the coin in your pocket, you know, or ditch the coin in your pocket as you go to the pocket to grab the Sharpie, right? You're yes, that way, in my opinion. You're right. And then you're doing the tap yeah. tap with the Sharpie. If you guys don't want to know what I'm talking about, it's in the trailer of Modus. Um, and taught in the project as well. And now, once again, you can milk it. You've proven that it's there you know, in a way, which of course you can't prove it by showing it because that wouldn't mean that's actually there, but sound allows you to 
yeah. emphasize that something is there when it's not. And, and you just showed just... it, right? So it's like you're, you're appealing to both senses because you just showed it going into the hand, yeah. panic, right. right? So now you're saying, okay, but you can also hear it. It's like you yeah, wouldn't yeah. show it again. It doesn't actually quite make sense, right? In terms yeah. of like proving why it's Dude, there. I want to come up with more sound stuff around cards. Like, how can you, how can you make that sound? Like, you know, it'd be so nice to be able to, like, maybe it's, maybe it's like this. So you have like a, you have a packet of cards, right? And you say, here, we'll try this. Um, I have my uh, packet of cards. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like that. You know, we like, oh, we'll riffle through, it, but it's a single card, right? And you just like make it on the, the deck. That's a well, weird stuff, idea. You know, obviously we know the whole kind of like things you can do where you pretend to make it, you make a oh, sound whilst you rip, well, you know, the tapping. Yeah. That's a um, good one. That is good though. It's effective. Oh. Um, yeah, that's interesting about the cards. I know, right? What other ways can we do that? Can you? I don't know. I guess it, it comes down to, you can have, oh, this is, not good but you could have you know if you can if you're counting cards it makes this kind of a noise right there's no reason why yeah. you couldn't have that same noise just <laughs> with but if you if you maybe covered that by emotion perhaps you could it looks a bit crap now i'm doing it now but if you condition them a few times to this sound yeah, yeah. what about, like what about like a faking thing. a riffle shuffle as well with like a fake sound because like I they just, like, because because Juan has this like, oh, no, sorry, not ripple. I mean, like a Juan has this like waterfall, right? Where they just like, where they just like synthesize it, basically, right? Is there a way to like, I don't know, make the sound more clear? Are you on about the? We were just chatting about this yesterday, weren't we, Danny? Like, this is like the simulate. Yeah. Oh, the optical. We were talking about the optical. The, uh, that's it. Sorry, optical. optical. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Where right. you just like. Which this yeah. one is. If anyone does any kind of. um uh, stack work. This is probably one of the absolute best yeah. for that. I mean, it's just so easy to keep it in its exact orientation. Yeah. Uh, Plus, you can just count off cards as well to make it like because you can just count them up one by one because it's still staying in stack, and then combine that oh, we're with doing like two more completely different things, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are we okay? What? Well. Um, oh no, yeah. he's doing the same uh, thing because he's just chucking in a couple uh, more. So, do you see this? I'm not pulling any cards off. No, no, yeah. What I'm saying is yeah. you can pull off cards as well. So you could, combine, oh, you could combine the fake, like you could combine the fake with like a real pull-off. Because you could actually pull off cards, oh, yeah. start by pulling off, but you're pulling them off in order, right? So it's still in stack. And then you transition into right. fake pulling. Do that, transition into this, go faster. Yeah. Exactly. And then you yeah. could actually place these back on top. Yeah, what you wanted to. Yeah. Do individuals again, reverse. Yeah. As yeah. you're slowing back down and then just throw them top. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That is a classic. Um, yeah. you know, classic. Without without the the simulator, the I don't know why I keep saying simulation shovel, but the, the you know what I'm saying. There is just a class of all shovel where you just literally just do that. Yeah, I think. Then I think square. I that in, um, yeah, yeah. Like Theodore the Amblin had that. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. You start at a slow pace and then you start picking up yeah, as fast exactly, as possible, yeah. and they come back around to a slow pace. So you. And, and it builds it builds the image in the spectator's eyes because they they've seen you do it right. So there's no there's no reason for them to believe that you're not still make, doing the exact same movement. Man. We are this this is some serious ADHD uh, moment here because we That's went fine. from sound manipulation to <laughs> random optical. Who cares? This is this is how gold is made. 
<laughs> they still sound though, right? Because because you, you are technically still need to make the sound with the cards. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah no, good all good ideas. Well, actually, on a tiny note, um, I used to do this thing where uh, where um, false transfer a coin into your hand and then turn over the hand and then use like, oh, I can't remember the exact way I did this, but I would just click a nail, like uh -huh. just pull a nail off, but use that as the vanish, like. Yeah. And it just that and little audio. So it, yeah, that was it. Maybe yeah. it was at finger, fingertips or something. But even just this, where, you, where you, you're holding the coin, you go. Yeah, this thing. The great. sound. I really does make it seem like something happened at that moment so yeah, um, yeah. i have a fun yeah. thing that i do in silversmith that's based off of that because it's a coins across where um it's only uses four coins so in the end when i give the three coins to the spectator they're getting yeah. four right they're put their yeah. hand behind their back and i can mime the whole rest everything's done because i don't have an extra coin so i do this thing where i grab like this and i say mm -hmm. to someone i say you can see the coin can you hear the coin and then I make this sound and you get this dual reality because I never actually let them see in yeah. and I don't ask them if they can see the coin. I say, you can see the coin. Can you hear the coin? I do it exactly like I just did there. It's, and they will always say yes. So everyone else thinks they're saying yes to both things. It reminds me of that. The cleanest possible vanish. It reminds me of that technique in mentalism. I think it's maybe a cold reading technique when yeah. you say. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, whether, statement whether one. Yeah, you, you could instructions. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not on about dual reality. I love that. I mean, my, that's yeah. my username on half of the sites in the world. No one else took that. I just use it everywhere. Anyway, don't don't go finding me. Um, but uh, no, the technique in, in mentalism where, let's say, you know a piece of information, like that they're thinking of the number twelve, right? And then you you you've got the cold read, which is like, and you know, I think that people, you know, I think you're the kind of person that gets really angry at the weather and you're also thinking of the number 12 correct and it's like the second yeah, that's yeah, the worst yeah. example i could have picked but i'm Hang taking it on it. yeah they have to say yes to the second thing but it also because that's the thing that's solid but it also implies that um yeah that all the mm -hmm. previous things are true i want to clarify that is the single worst example i could have given but i'm kind of happy <laughs> about that in a small way no, no, you don't like you get angry at the weather and you're thinking of the number 12. <laughs> it's it terrible. <laughs> that exact yeah, that exact phrase. <laughs> Shall we um because otherwise yeah, this yours. is gonna be a very yeah. long long podcast. Yeah, yeah, we should move on I have to run the bathroom real quick and then I wanna see. Okay, well, we'll go next. Two seconds. That gives us a perfect opportunity to talk about our sponsor. Magic Mastery <laughs> is the premier magic. I don't know why I started. I didn't really commit yeah. to the American accent. It has but, to be American. That's funny as well. Like we, we can't. It does, unfortunately. In, in a British accent, we can't possibly say something that's like enthusiastic. Yeah. Yes, no, we can't be. We're not allowed to be. I will add though that this this kind of thing, if you're enjoying this, um, this is what we do twice a week over on the Discord at Magic Mastery. Like we have, they, they happen at least twice a week, and sometimes it happens spontaneously too. Danny actually often is going. I'm just going to be in the Discord, and people just hop in yeah. for a hang. Whereas I do scheduled hangouts um, that Danny and, and and yourself obviously attend. But if you're listening to this, and you're like, oh, this is quite a fun vibe. I mean, we jam all the time on ideas. We've spent we spent hours just on on one idea. You know, I mean, remember Nevin was was wanting to, um, some advice on a do as I do effect that he was doing on stage, and we were just jamming on that for like about an hour and stuff. And we just do these regular kind of jams. So. Um, with people that from all over the world, other members. So uh, if you're enjoying this vibe, then maybe you'll enjoy being in the membership. 
and if you're not, not enjoying it, if... don't join. Sign up we just for the effects. <laughs> no, we won't let you in. <laughs> Use the code, I didn't enjoy the podcast, so you get <laughs> yeah. double your membership cost. <laughs> to pay us $50 for no reason. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just did a very effective membership plug that I'm sure yeah. we'll bring in. Oh. On so what I wanted to talk about... Um, is I, I've just been I've been playing with the, the crisscross force quite a bit lately because it's fun. Mm-hmm. And um and it's made me think about other forces that are in a similar kind of vein. And I've been thinking a lot about the cut deeper force. And mm-hmm. I really and so just for people that aren't familiar, the cut deeper force is essentially you can do this with the deck in, in hand, but if you if you cut the deck, flip over the top packet and leave it square on top of the deck, it will show obviously a card. But then if you cut again but deeper than the previous cut and flip over that entire packet. Um, it will obviously, oh, another nine. It will show a different card. But if they then spread through the face of cards until they get to a face down card, yeah. that is the, the force card that's at the top of the deck. It's a classic. It's got to be hundreds of years old, this. And I really have been enjoying playing with this. But unfortunately, the conclusion that I'm coming to is that it's just not a very good force, which is weird because I actually really like it. But I'm, the more I'm looking at it, the more I'm thinking this just isn't very good. So I wanted, what I'm hoping is by the end of this conversation, you guys have changed my mind because <laughs> I really like it. I just don't think it's very effective. So I, I'll make my small argument first and we can jam on the um, cut deeper force. So here's the reason why. What I like about it is, is that you hand it, the spectator holds the deck. They take their time over the procedure and then they, they've had all the control, yet a card has been forced, which is like the, con- the perfect conditions for a force, right? When the spectator is doing all the stuff, They've got time. They're not pressured. All these things that we know um, make a force effective. And I think you achieve all of that with the crisscross force. But I think it's a lot more deceptive. And there's another force, um, which is I'm just going to use one of these bad boys. I'm not even going to say what it is just for the sake of being being mean to the people listening. Now, use one of these and um, your setup would be this. This is another force where you just hand the spectator the deck like that and you go cut and flip and they cut and flip. And then when they go through, um, the top card is going to be force card. I think that is infinitely better. Uh, wait, well, that kind of messed me up. Do that. Right. That must be good. That messed so me up. Do it. Imagine <laughs> this is. Imagine this is exactly like this, right? Because I just uh, yeah, don't yeah. have. Yeah. Okay. No, that's so not this, this, that messed me up. I got that. Right. Yeah. So this is the this um, is the force card. Cut anywhere and flip over the, the packet wherever you want. Great. And spread through and find uh-huh. the first face down card. Which can be done, by the way, on the table. Yeah. Boom. Oh wow, that's isn't awesome. that dead good? I'm hundred percent. So I can't remember who came up with that. I, I might have even it might have been something that Christian Grace mentioned to me the other day. Um, oh, that's so good. But or, or maybe <laughs> I can't remember. But it's, it's got to be. Re- but right. So tell me that that what I just showed you, which members will have seen, and everyone else will kind of be hating me right now. But tell yeah. me that that is not fifty times better than the cut deeper. It force. is, and tell me it that also tell me that the crisscross force is also not fifty times better. And if that's the case, should we just put the um, cut deeper force in the bin? Should it go in the trash? Should it be incinerated? Okay, is, so, that's my. That's so my somebody pitch. did actually do like an actual study on this and found that the crisscross force was like the better one. Jacob, didn't you have them? Yeah, oh, I, have the jerks. I had them on the podcast. Oh. No, I had them on the podcast as well. Alex, oh, really? Yeah, yeah Alice. She was doing her PhD oh, yeah. and she, yeah, they did like an actual scientific study to see which. And the funny thing is, as well, 
she said like they did like a further study it's one of those weird things they do in like scientific journals where it's like just to humiliate i guess like the person that was doing the test but they were like people still couldn't understand it even after they explained it to them wow which also so, does dispel someone was mentioning this too that um uh the performer that does does the um crisscross without any time misdirection and they're basically dispelling the myth that you need time misdirection which is wild because i've always been like yeah you need time restriction they were like, yeah. between, yeah. like you don't they were just like you do it you do the thing you go okay re- grab the cup and then it's just yeah. swimming so, so i kind of maybe dispels that too hit me here and this might also help the viewers no i'm past helping the viewers now i want them to struggle with this part of the podcast no i'm kidding go on. <laughs> What's the motivation of the Crisscross course? Like, because I never use it, actually, believe it or not. Uh, I've always, since I started, I classic force everything. So, well, there's so many great ones. Um, I mean, I, I have to just plug Ben L's work on it because Ben L has some, and actually, Christian Grace has some great work on it too. But uh-huh. I can answer that question and solve any problems you have with it with, <laughs> with, with just saying Ben's work. I, I I can't I won't say it here because it's not really fair to Ben for me to literally just teach something that's so yeah. directly his. But um, he he eliminates that problem completely. I'll I'll, I'll show you another time. Um, but essentially, what the motivation is just um, it I think it's so it's your issue that you're marking the cup because all it is for a spectator is this, right? It's it's cut the deck in around about half, great, and just put the other pile on top at a little bit of an angle so that we can just okay, great. That's all it is. So in a way, what's wrong with that procedure, I guess, is my question. Do you need this bit motivated? Or for, does, does that feel weird? Does it feel like completely like... Yeah, well, yeah, I feel that part, that's the part that feels unmotivated to me. It's like, you just cut the deck. Mm-hmm. Like, why not just leave it there? Like, Which pile was why, there? Which huh? pile did we cut again? If, if there's been a bit of time, then uh, which pile was which? You're right. I guess there's some. I okay. Yeah. So I guess you're marking the cut in that sense. I will say, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of debate about magic in magic about discrepancies, right? Discrepancies. People aren't familiar. Familiar. I think discrepancy is great, though. I think it's fine as yeah. long as it's not confusing. Well, this is this is the, the the sort of thing I say, like a discrepancy being something which basically visually doesn't make sense, but our brains gloss over because. We don't process it. It didn't make sense. Um, and there's debates about those and whether or not they're effective and which ones that audience will notice. But I also think that, um, that, that sort of does apply a bit for motivations of actions, right? Like some actions need to be motivated, motivated, but the smaller the compromise or the smaller the deviation from the normal action, the natural, the most natural version of that action, the less I think you need to justify it. So in, right. in this case, that really what this what the crisscross force simulates is just going, could you just just cut? Actually, before we look at that, mark where it is. Great. Which is not uh, I don't think that's a huge, likely weird thing to do if you're gonna pause mm-hmm. that action. Um whereas I think there are now, other things are that require huh? Yeah. So that would be the other question is why are we pausing? What? Yeah, well, t- otherwise I'd say that the pausing of it is what justifies the action somewhat. Right. B- because otherwise hey, cut, and now look, is a weird thing to do. So to make the action make sense, it, it's kind of like, cut for a second. So just to clarify, you shuffle these cards, right? And your name is Graham, and you named any card Graham, and then great, and you cut here. And, you know, in a way for me, that's why the time misdirection element exists, not to make the force more deceptive, but to make the action of, of marking the cut more justified. Um, 
So you just tell them, put cart, put this back on top of that one at an angle. Yeah. So it marks the cut. Just want to reiterate with you. You could have cut anywhere you wanted, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because doesn't that put pressure on that, like, and scrutinize that in a way that can bring conscious attention to the fact that, like, um, like did I cut wherever I want? Is you, this in my control? Like, you can even talk about, like, anything else. So it doesn't necessarily have, the power from that point doesn't necessarily have to be about yeah. the cut. Like, yeah, at least when could, I do it, I, you literally, like, the rule is almost just, like, just leave at least eight seconds <laughs> between the cut being made, the Chris cut being there, and then going back to it right so you can literally talk about anything like it doesn't have to necessarily it can be part of the presentation it can be part of, it doesn't have to at least for me when i do it i don't i actually don't bring scrutiny back to the deck i want to avoid that so i just bring the presentation to another place right. like just talking even just talking about how was your trip here they just make a joke you know what i mean like if it's like yeah. a comical performance like it right. doesn't yeah. I will I it depends on what's the presentation here right if we're talking about like maybe we're going to have a card chosen for what a mind thing. And you're like, here, I want you to cut the pack. Now we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what does it mean to have a free thought, completely free thought, completely free will, not influenced by anyone else. Did I influence you to cut that or you cut that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Could I possibly, right? So then you could go in without, you, you put the f emphasis on the presentation rather than like, you could have cut wherever you wanted. Did you, you know, this is a free choice. However, kind of thing I'm not a fan of. I, I think it is okay to say that exact phrase that you don't like. The reason yeah. being is because here's the thing, me saying cut any way you like and even going and make sure you're happy with where you cut, whatever, cut wherever you want, cool, mark the cut, blah, blah, blah. Are you happy that you cut wherever you like? Yes. Ham that up, fine. Because the bit that we're trying to misdirect is not yeah it's not the cut it's the card and until right. we go okay let's look at the card you cut to right but if we started like this you go cut and cut to any card you want now they're thinking about what the orientation of the deck yeah, right we're not saying you cut to that card yeah. <laughs> because that but would be putting emphasis on yeah, the we, wrong thing we can say that just not immediately yeah. that's when yeah yeah when yes. eight seconds goes by okay. then you're golden yeah, yeah. but if you start that cut yes. by going cut 20 cards you like mark the cut then they're going to be conscious of where that thing is. Yeah. so anyway um I we see. all agree I that see. the cut deeper force is crap no i'm joking um i, I really like it i just can't justify okay. it i think it's back on that i did have some thoughts around like mm -hmm. what would make sense for me in this because yes you could always just do the chris cut force right Mm -hmm. um so why the hell would you ever do this uh, yeah. it just doesn't really make sense especially when we actually have scientific evidence it's such a funny <laughs> thing to say about a fucking magic trick oh, excuse <laughs> me leave that out um but, um but we have scientific evidence showing that it's actually one of the best forces right so but i think maybe if you wanted to um have three cards selected and one forced that could be an interesting situation, right? Because you can say, cut, flip that over. Great, we'll take that card, seven diamonds. Cut even deeper, flip that over. Great, we'll take that one. And I don't want to know this this next one. So spread through, find the first face down card. You know, mm. that way there's three cards you've cut to, one of which we don't know, you know? And then maybe you go into it with it. Who I don't know what reason you would want to do this. Um, Maybe yeah. it's just sandwich effect or something. I don't I don't know, but I don't know why you would need a force card for a sandwich effect. Um so I don't know why you would want to do this, but at least it was the first thought of like, oh, that would kind of that would motivate things. The only I other think... thing that I was messing sorry, go on, Jake. Yeah, no, go ahead. That's fine. I was saying the only other thing I was messing with um 
which is I don't know if it even solves problem is just going cut somewhere and then cut again or maybe cut one more time or whatever and and then you've almost had like multiple cuts be done to kind of emphasize the randomness but then it can mess up the principle anyway I don't know why I voiced that it's a broken thought all right yeah in the bin it goes there are just better forces that, that achieve yeah. very that achieve the same thing I guess the advantages it has are it's in their hands they're doing all the work but there are other forces if you, one of which I you don't even have to force is that you do if it's a force trade. Yeah, I, but yeah. Forces still can be entirely in their hands. Yes, or I guess that's my point. Table. That's that's they're why I use the crisscross yeah. as a as a comparison yeah, yeah. because it's better, right? No, they don't. No. Yeah. How do you do that? You just you just get them to. Oh, you become the table. Yeah, they just go cut about yeah. half. Right hand, rotate. Yeah, yeah. Mark where you've cut. It yeah. works fine. Yeah. Cool. Or they well, become the table. Cut it off of your hand. Yeah, I, okay. I I tend to have the spectator that I think looks the least assertive. I just I just go, please, could you just go on all fours and be the table, and then I do my card set on their back. Yeah, that's how I normally. Do a show. I do think the principle is cool. I'm just like, <laughs> I, oddly enough, I think the principle of the cut deeper force is cool. I'm just like, yeah, maybe it's not a force. Maybe it's like just fun. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I'm just like, can be a card control. Like you have one card selected, you need another selected. So you, it, it controls it to where you need it to go. But then like, so once you're still at this issue of why the hell is, <laughs> why are you double flipping packets? Like it just like, how do you motivate the double flipping packets? It's just like, the, the only way I can think of is like, it basically to break it down, each flip has to make sense. What does the yeah. first flip accomplish, right? And if that's not to choose a card, if it's not the three selection thing that I heard about earlier, then what would the, another mode reason be for to demonstrate the, the randomness of a cut? Over. So you could be like, look, if you cut a packet off, just as an example, flip it over, face up. Did you have any idea that you would cut to six parts? No, of course not. Do it again. Cut a bit deeper this time. Oh, did you have any idea you cut to five space? No, there's no way of knowing where you're going to cut. Um, now, obviously, we know what that card is. So go to the first face down card. Yeah. So that none of but us now know. they're not doing the same thing. You're saying these two exactly. things are completely random. So maybe for the third one, actually, no, just do this. <laughs> for the third one, let's do a procedure that is different and therefore allows right. me to get away with my sneakiness. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think your original points, even at the crisscross, uh, crisscut, crisscross cut, cut, I always just call it crisscross force, but I've heard people call it cross cut, so whatever. I think I called it a crisscut force earlier. Um, that's fine. Yeah, the the Chris Angel falls. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, it makes sense. I I get that that's a better force. Okay, well, uh, this is probably going to be severely edited in some ways for bits that are probably completely <laughs> um, incomprehensible. But... The coin thing. Yeah, let, let, I'll I'll close out the podcast and then we'll get into the exclusive member bit where we can actually get a bit more intense on on the methods. So, um. Yeah. Thanks for everyone that has listened to the podcast this, this far. I don't know which parts of it you heard, which parts of it you didn't, because I'm probably going to try and make it vaguely understandable a bit more. Wait, are you telling me that there's a chance that you're going to cut out the Mind Freak Mindfulness walk? From this <laughs> there is maybe a chance. I might also cut out my performance that Danny didn't understand, and I was just standing up, which is showing my I, I chest. I ADHD, though. That might not be a good inclination of whether or not it was clear. <laughs> uh, maybe that's the perfect inclination, right? If, if you don't understand it, then you should. <laughs> there's a problem. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. thanks everyone for listening. Like we said from the very start, I mean, we're not trying to go too hard on plugging it, but I guess we are in a way. If you do want to see the video version, you can head over to magicmastery.cc. Um, you can also just Google Magic Mastery membership and what? sign up there. 
I just want to say we we are trying to promote because we want you to come join us. We we feel that we've really created something that we all love and feel so good about, and it's at a price that's better than anything else like it. Like for it to have this the content in the community and where yeah, you know people these come together this way. Growth, like an active process of coming together and problem solving. And our jam sessions are like this. And we just, we all have so much fun. And we're always looking to just grow it and make it better. And so like, yeah, we're not going to lie to you. We're trying to get you in here. Like, because we're having a fucking yeah. blast. Yeah. Just Danny, though. Danny <laughs> takes all of it. So don't bleep me out. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed, 100%. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I have a blast. Like, I guess I can speak as like from the person that doesn't have decades of experience, like Danny and Steven. Like these, these are really beneficial for me. And like, there really is a space for everyone to come together and share stuff like exactly like in the way I have and have Danny and, and Steven riff off of it. And I don't know if there's any other place like in Magic like that. There's definitely not a place where you can have Danny and Steven riff off of it. So I guess I can say that <laughs> with 100% surety. This is true. Um, but yeah, I have been genuinely impressed. Like, uh, like Danny's... I don't know. I remember one night I was like, I left the jam session. And I kept like checking back to see who was on it. And Danny was on there till for like four hours, like after <laughs> I'd left. And I was like, and oh, like yeah. all like different individual people, cool. like just him one-on-one. And you know, you can't really put a price on that. And we guarantee that every day. Session. Yeah, 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 4 p.m. Wow. to 2 a.m. session. There we that go. Was, uh, as long we just had too much fun we had so we were coming up with ideas and like i was just couldn't pull myself away uh. so yeah in summary join the membership hope you enjoyed listening <laughs> and we'll we'll sign out there <laughs>